Celebration Thursday Law and Gospel on this March the 11th in the year of our Lord 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me for Rumination Thursdays is Pastor Wes Reimnitz. Hello, Wes. Hello, Pastor Baker. How are you? Well, I'm doing pretty good, and we're looking forward to an interesting subject, I think, that uh, we have been talking about. A lot of people may not realize this, but in United States, the surge in violence has increased over the last few years. And we want to talk about that, but I want to set the stage first of all. Radio station KFUO interprets and applies the Bible. And here on Law and Gospel, what we mean by that is something that Jesus himself said to Peter. Remember when he asked uh, the disciples, who do people say that I am? And Peter answered, you are the Christ. And Jesus strictly charged them to tell no one about him. Because, of course, the people in that day didn't understand the Christ as the Old Testament really taught it. But turning down a couple of verses, Jesus hears Peter telling him that he is to be rebuked. Jesus is to be rebuked because Peter doesn't want to have him go to Jerusalem and die. And it's the next sentence. This is in Mark chapter 8, where Jesus says to Peter, and it's verse 20, or I'm sorry, 33, get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Now, that is really what we're going to be talking about today, that things happen in the world, and there's two ways to look at them. The one way is how man interprets reality. The other way is how God interprets reality. What was your initial response when you read this article about America's surge in violence, Wes? My initial response is... uh you know me, I get on the computer and, and take my Bible and take a look at, at the word violence. came up 65 times in the scriptures. You know what the first two were? No. Out of Genesis, Genesis chapter 6, the earth was corrupt in God's sight and the earth was filled with violence. It's just, uh, just a downward trend since the days of uh, Cain and Abel, that it just spiraled out of control. And kind of reminder that uh, as, I, as I looked through those, through that article that, that we uh, selected, is uh, we're seeing that already in America. And one has to wonder how, how much it has spiraled out in the rest of the world. Uh, yes. They uh, talk about the increase of people in prison. And they say, here's the sentence, we must also curb the commission of crime in the first place, particularly the serious violent crime that victimizes so many young black men and lands them in prison. 
Now, isn't that interesting that they're thinking of a certain group of people are actually victims uh, when they do crime? They're not perpetrators. Mm-hmm. Now, th- that's a point of view that I find really interesting. In, in fact, in some areas of the world, you can now have drugs, and if they're under a certain limit, you can't be arrested for it anymore because the prisons are getting too filled. They talk about the, the once verboten topic of shortening senses, sentences for violent offenses is now gaining traction across ideological lines. But even if reform efforts succeed, the prison math is virtually insurmountable. There's just not going to be enough prisons for the number of people doing crime. Well, yeah, that's that's one conclusion that you arise at. But it sounds to me like the the whole thinking is corrupt, that it's just a down, continued down spiral of violence, that we're going to let them out, and then they're going to commit more violence and even be more violent than they were before. Yeah, that's a really good point. In fact, I've been surprised. A person commits first-degree murder, and they only get 15 years in prison. And after that time... And a lot of times you get out in 10 years if you have good behavior and such. So no wonder violence is increasing. Well, and I, the other thing is, what, what is the, the root of their foundation for, for um, their not wanting to commit or committing crimes? I mean, the continual committing of crimes, there seems to be no foundation that that, uh, reforms them to stop them. Yes, here's a suggestion from the U.N. agency that urged government to prevent violence. Boys should be taught in school about the need for mutual respect in relationships and mutual consent in sex. Now, that's, I mean, this is ridiculous. Uh, you're, you're teaching boys and girls that there needs to be mutual consent in sex. If that is an, an invitation to sex outside of marriage, I don't know what it is. As long as you have a mutual consent, and that's pretty easy. Guy, guys can manipulate girls quite easily. And you see this on TV all the time, etc. In fact, um, there was a protest recently by women because there was some kind of special day for women. And one said, stop domestic abuse. Now, telling people to stop domestic abuse, is that law or gospel? Well, that'd have to be law. Yes. In fact, what I've noticed, I I drive almost a thousand miles a week now going to four congregations, and especially on these two-lane highways, I rarely pass anyone going the speed limit. Everybody is going way over the speed limit. In fact, on Highway 270 here in St. Louis, 
I don't know why they don't have police there because there are cars. It's a 55 mile an hour zone in some areas and cars are racing by me at 70 to 80 miles an hour. Now, why is that happening? Because even though there are a lot of signs up with the speed limit, there is no enforcement hardly going on. I can hardly remember four or five times in the last month where a policeman pulled somebody over for speeding. So it doesn't work just telling the law. Well, yeah, you, you would have to have policemen in every corner, but but you go over to a place like China where where it's a dictatorship and it's there's law at, at every every corner and uh i don't know if we want to go quite that drastic either no all we need to do is have some police in unmarked cars and they would bring in thousands of dollars a day in fines well that that would that may cure a little bit of the of the speeding for a while, but uh, how does that relate to to more violence or less violence? Well, if you can get away with speeding, in fact, a lot of people when they see an orange light now, that means to speed up to get through it. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many people I see going through red lights. And uh, there's one long red light in our trip. And I came to it and stopped. The guy beside me just looked around and he went through the red light because he knew it was mm. a long one and he wasn't going to stay there. And how does that lead to violence? It leads to violence because one of the articles that I found that was really interesting is one in three women endure physical or sexual violence. That is mm. a poll that was taken by the World Health organization. And so the UN is urging governments to prevent violence by improving services for victims, tackling economic inequalities that often leave women and girls trapped in abusive relationships. Now, I don't know about any congregations you've served, but I served a congregation that had a lot of people in poverty. And I don't remember ever having to go to court with any of them because of their violence. Because of their faith in Jesus Christ, they were not violent. They were not stealing things. But it's just what is happening in the world where two things, I think, have increased violence. The one is a rejection that there is a God. And a lot of people have become members of the nuns, N-O-N-E-S. They don't attend church or anything. But the more important one is what teaching has led this rejection? And I really believe it's the teaching of evolution. Evolution yeah. doesn't need God at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know that, that you say the theory of evolution has led to that. And, and I, I've run that thought against uh, several Christians and they're having a hard time Grasp, grasping that they can understand the, the first one that you're talking about that there is no God but how is it that the theory of evolution uh, comes into play here well 
one article by an evolutionist said that there is no way he can believe that there is a God because he believes mm -hmm. everything came about by natural selection. If you don't believe there is a God, therefore you don't have a proper system of ethics. And remember, Darwin uh, discovered that, well, those who were the fittest were the ones who continued to live. And therefore, survival of the fittest uh, becomes something that occurs even in male-female relationships. I saw in, in the article, they had a little video and a picture of women uh, demonstrating. And one sign said, patriarchy is the worst epidemic. Now, what they mean by that is what? What do they mean by patriarchy? Well, patriarchy would, would be a father, grandfather, son relationship, would it not? Yes. In other words, we're talking about that God has indicated that the male is supposed to be the head of the family. And these feminists who don't believe in the Bible, uh, they're wondering why so much violence is occurring to them, and they have to blame someone. In fact, violence against women occurs a lot of times because of the partners that they live with. Now, I find that very interesting. Not husbands, but partners. What do they expect from a biblical point of view when you're living with a person outside of marriage? Well, I, mean, I think you, you have to keep in, in mind that... Uh... Uh, we're looking at it from a biblical point of view. If you if you look at it outside of the uh, Christian realm, anything's possible in terms of of how they may be treated. It's the biblical, the Christian biblical view is women are to be honored and respected, and not to be treated as a piece of property. That was what was. Uh, introduced by Christ in, in his uh, ministry here. Exactly. But once more, that's a piece of law that isn't going to work. The, the law never changed behavior unless people have self-interest in changing behavior. For example, mm -hmm. in this march, there was a sign, we are feminists, we are angry, we are loud, and we are proud. And I dare say that all of those in the picture were pro-abortion. And they don't have any problem with killing babies that are going to interfere with their happiness. And then they're wondering why there's so much violence. Well, once you put babies into a situation where you can kill them, uh, regardless of whether they're born or not, that's really a problem. One woman had on her uh, upper chest, my body is mine, I can do with it as I please. Now, how would you like to hire women like that in your business? <laughs> well, I, as you speak about it, it reminds me that they're setting themselves up as their God, their personal God. While they they claim not to believe in God, God is... is they themselves. Yes. In, in fact, uh, another article, and, and we're, we're trying to make the point that when people live outside of God's will, 
you're going to have really negative consequences. And this article publishes that women striving to be executives are really failing. It says, Mm. the new report looks at women in the corporate pipeline, estimating the share of women in positions at different career levels. And they're already underrepresented in various corporate leadership positions. And it seems like representation is becoming worse based on the new report. For example, in the United States, 2.3 million people who are at least 20 years old have left the workforce since February 2020. And this report by IBM shows there's no change in the share of women who are part of executive board positions in 2019, as well as other positions. In fact, do you know that in some countries they have a law that you must have a certain representation of women on your board? Hmm. You know, as you're quoting all these statistics, you're, you're making the case of should, should Christ come sooner instead of later? Well, he's already come and people are ignoring him. And they are thinking the things of man rather than the things of God, like Peter was. Well, I'm referring to a second second coming. It uh, is a time then for a second coming to come. You you know, uh, I quoted there uh, Genesis 6 where it talked about uh, that their old world was filled with violence and and uh, he brought about the flood. But you also go to Matthew 25, uh, 24, mm-hmm. where it says, uh, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be the coming of man. And in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And then they were unaware that the flood came, and so shall the coming of man. We see this increase in violence and how bad does it have to give before Christ himself returns? Well, I think it can get a lot worse. I I have no problem thinking that the end of the world won't come for maybe 100,000, 200,000 years from now. Because Mm -hmm. where are we worse off than what was happening in the days of Jesus? The early Christians were persecuted, thrown the lions. That's not happening to us, at least in the United States. So... I don't think to a degree that the violence is as bad today as it was in previous times in certain areas of the world. Well, how does that comfort the Christian right now? They don't feel like they'd like to be, uh, quote, thrown to the lions today. Well, remember, Paul says we rejoice in sufferings because through Mm -hmm. sufferings, we learn to have patience, endurance and greater faith. So there's still a comfort when uh, somebody is in hospice ready to die. They know that that judgment day for them when their body leaves the soul is going to occur pretty quickly. But they can still be joyous about it, knowing that they're going to be going home. And so we can still give comfort. I, I don't think 
telling them that the world could come to an end any moment is really that much comfort when we have no indication as to when that's going to occur. Our comfort is even in the midst of tribulation, temptation, worry, concerns, illness, God is still with us, and therefore his promises are still sure. And and that, that is where, where you hit on it, the promises, that uh, he is, uh, you know, as we believe in him, or as the lessons that come up about the, uh, in Moses with the, the, the brass servant, in which they, they believed, took a look at and believed in the promise that they'd be healed, to John 3.16, that as we believe in Jesus, we, we, we are saved. Yes. So, getting outside of God's will, the reason Christians are willing to follow the will of God is not out of self-interest, but out of interest for Jesus Christ. So when you hear that violence is increasing, that evolution is being taught everywhere, that God is no longer necessary, what, what you're telling boys is that survival of the fittest is okay, and you can deal with a woman any way you want, because there is no ethics. Yeah, people can tell you to be nice, and so you learn to be nice in order to manipulate these young women. And, of course, they're not really that well tested in many areas. And so look at all the pregnancies out of wedlock that are occurring, which leads to many abortions because, well, who wants to have a baby when it's going to interfere with your future in work and such? And I don't think the women understand that these feminists are making it harder for good women. I don't know about the congregations you serve, but I have had tremendous women in my congregations that I had no problem being Sunday school teachers or on various boards, etc., because of their wisdom and their following the will of God. Yeah, well, in, in some of the congregations that I serve, the, the families that uh, had uh, children as they were going through Sunday school couldn't wait to have certain women teach them because they were considered very spiritual and good teachers and good examples for their for their children to follow. Well, that reminds me of what Paul said about Timothy's upbringing. Mm. What was that? Yeah, you remember his, his mother and grandmother. Exactly. They were the ones who taught him Christianity, and Paul complimented them. There's a lot of women complimented uh, in the Bible. Who was it that sold the purple dye? Was that Lydia? Yes. Yeah, and she uh, was converted in Philippi and by Paul, and she became a wonderful witness to Jesus Christ, let alone all the women that followed Jesus. So when you have a choice between hiring a woman who is God-centered and believes in the true God versus a woman who believes in abortion and is proud and is against men, which one are you going to hire? 
there's not much choice between it. You look to the moral person. Exactly. And if you don't, you're looking at the things from man's point of view. Sure, we don't mind equality on boards and such like that, but you can't legalize that by forcing companies to have, therefore, these amount of whatever race you want to talk about, whatever gender you want to talk about. And pretty soon you're going to say, and you should also have teenagers on your board so they can put in their insights. This is law and it will not work. And uh, it kind of reminds me of Titus chapter three, where, where it talks about us not being quarrelsome, but to be kind, gentle, speak well, and give a, a Christian witness through 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 that. Yeah, I mean, how many times recently have I attempted to open a door for a woman and she gets mad at me? She says, <laughs> I can handle that. I mean, that kind of understanding on the part of some women is what means why they're not becoming executives, etc. Because people look at how somebody behaves and you don't promote someone who's going to be a negative influence in your business. Right. Uh, I saw that last night when we were going out to eat that uh, uh, a man had opened up the door for a strange lady. She was rather surprised by it all, that, that uh, kindness came from him. Yes. Well, tomorrow's Law and Gospel is going to be a time where you can email me ahead of time at lawandgospel at lawandgospel101.com and maybe ask questions about what Wes and I said today. We want to be very careful that there are tremendous women, but there is a whole group of them that no longer believe in God, and that has repercussions. God bless you. Each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.